It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in. This is Locked on Cougars. I'm your host, Jay Catch, covering BYU for you each and every day. Proud partner to be working with the Locked on Podcast Network, giving you essentially, like, like I just mentioned, we want you to be the most informed BYU fan you possibly can be. Thanks for downloading the show today. Hopefully you guys are all having a great day. The show today is brought to you by All Guard Pest Control, based right here in Utah. We'll be telling you more about them as the show progresses. We're also brought to you by Vivid Seats and Sling TV, and we'll let you know about both of those coming up later on in the show. Uh, tease for coming up on Friday, Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider on the 24-7 Sports Network is going to join me to talk about recruiting for the Cougars on their bike week the coaches are out recruiting starting tonight that Wednesday night with high school action here in state they'll be out throughout the country as well later on this week at other high school games kind of a tease for you there coming up on today's show though I'm sitting across from a good friend of mine I teased him yesterday he is the one, the only, the Sean Walker, BYU beat reporter for KSL.com, or should I say jack of all trades for KSL.com? What should I, what should I go with, Sean? Uh, oh, oof, boy. There, I mean, there's a lot of options, but uh, I think probably my official title with KSL.com, if you ask uh, one, our mutual friend, Hemahe Mooley Jr., yes. uh, I, believe, I believe my official title is Internet Jesus. Internet Jesus. So, uh, okay, maybe so we'll just stick with that. Internet Jesus, Sean Walker with me on the Locked On Cougars podcast. For church-owned media, nonetheless. <laughs> for church-owned media. True, he does work for KSL, which is owned, <laughs> as most people know, by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Ooh, well done with the full name of the church there. I got chided for not using the full name of LDS the church. LDS Public Affairs would be very happy with you. Hey, thanks, Sister Do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy. Jake, I got to say, though, when you you asked me to come on this podcast, Uh at first I was a little bit reticent. Okay. And then then I realized, you know what? Jake's a good friend of mine. And in the end. Oh, God. (laughs) I decided that I would be there. Well, thank you. Thanks for being there for me. No, that was that was great. Well done. Sean, of course, uh, covers BYU, does an excellent job. Go check out his work at KSL.com. Also hosts another podcast uh, that covers BYU. I want you guys to check that out as well. Kind of a dual podcast deal today. You'll probably hear this on this on his podcast, The Campus Report, brought to you by KSL, um, where he covers the Cougars as well. But, Sean, let's launch into this. BYU is on their bye this week. We're seven games into the season. Mm-hmm. They sit at four and three. So essentially, we're a game past midseason, but it's a, it's a good stopping point to talk mm-hmm. about midseason progression for the Cougars. What have been your overall impressions of BYU to this point? Well, I think just without, I mean, if we don't want to dive right away into any specific names, just overall, the 
the growth and rate of improvement on this BYU football team from last year really is, it, it's pretty astounding right now. I mean, not only is this team 4-3, and three, which already matches the win total from a, from last year's disastrous 4-9 and nine campaign. Yeah. I know 4-3 and three has come with a little bit of angst and a little bit of consternation among the BYU fan base, but if I had told you that by the midway point of the season, BYU would be above 500 and would be a team that has yet to drop below 500 on the season, seven games into the 2018 season, I think you'd probably take it. Now, obviously, things have played out a little bit differently. You know, Wisconsin's not as good as a lot of people thought. California, obviously, is looking like a very glaring loss right now after what they did last uh, against UCLA Mm -hmm. the week before BYU's bye. Um, Nobody's happy in Provo with that loss to Utah State, but here's, here's a little piece of info that your BYU listeners might not like hearing. Utah State's pretty good. Oh no, they're they're fully aware of if they've, if they've listened to this podcast at all. I told them straight up that Utah State it's it's could, a good team could it's legitimately a good team. be eleven and one. Yeah, it's the a end of the year. it's a good team. It's not a bad loss. It's a they're a Mountain West uh, conference contender right now. Yep. BYU's not quite on that level, uh, but based on where they were a year ago. I think this team has improved, and they've improved significantly uh, just with the offseason additions of Jeff Grimes and his staff. Yeah, the offensive staff has done incredible things. They have a very clear um, offensive identity, Sean. It's been that toughness factor. Um, outside of the, the back-to-back losses to Washington and Utah State, it definitely has looked like BYU has an extra edge to them toughness-wise this year. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, they, they Tristan Hodge told us this since fall camp. They really want to try to hang their hat on the run game and, and just be a tough team, try to out-physical a lot of teams. I mean, they were able to go into Camp Randall Stadium and out-physical Wisconsin, which whether Wisconsin's overrated or not, that's always going to be a tough, hard-nosed physical team. Um and BYU certainly did that. And against teams that they could just simply outwork at the line of scrimmage, out-physical, as they say, they've been, they've been very good. They've been winning uh, most, if not all, of those games. And, and really, I mean, the, the teams that are giving them trouble are more of those quick-on-the-perimeter, quick, quick on the perimeter, spread-oriented type teams, not ones that necessarily dive into the line, the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Utah State's probably the most physical team that's beaten BYU. Yeah, I would uh, agree. Uh, uh, thus far. And the Aggies are physical, but not in the same type of way as, say, a Wisconsin or going on up. You know, the, the top teams in college football, obviously. No, that's the, that, you're, you're dead on there. And I'm very interested to see where this evolves the rest of the year. Um, let's take a minute here, Sean, and talk about the quarterback change. Of course, this past game was Zach Wilson's first start. Who? Only the what, what? What? What's the nickname for me? You've got a nickname for me. I know you're you're a fan of nicknames. You got one for him yet? Oh, nothing's really hit me there. I mean, I just call him former Corner Canyon quarterback Zach Wilson. That works, but former Corner Canyon star Zachary comes Wilson, in. as he was known in high school. Zachary. I don't know why he's Zach all of a sudden, but. Well, he was Zach for a while in high school, and then he went. And then he said, "I prefer Zach." Yeah, he kind of insisted on Zachary his senior year. And Maybe he's thinking, "Hey, I get myself established at BYU, and then he'll go back and say, no, 'No, I'm Zachary Wilson.'" That's true. I, I mean, either way, he gets results, so he can probably demand whatever he wants. Yeah. So he leads the biggest output on the season offensively for the Cougars in a forty-nine to twenty-three win. Sean. I know it's only one game, but based on his performance there, did BYU pull the trigger maybe a game too late in starting him at quarterback? That's what, I mean, it's always really hard to say, especially after a win like that, kind of that, that 
if when yes second guessing the coaching staff and whatnot i'm i'm not entirely certain because this this hawaii defense that he beat um it's not great. I mean, they no. came in six and one on the season, but six and one against against a, a an entire group of five slate plus one FCS opponent. Mm-hmm. Their one loss was to a good Army team, one that took Oklahoma to overtime. But Army's not exactly a world beater this year by any means. No, but they're they're good team. Yeah, that's it's a good team, but I I I wouldn't. I would certainly want to call them a great team the, by any means. I think that just real quick before you continue, the parallel I think you can draw between BYU and Army getting out physical to the line of scrimmage. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what BYU did. I mean, I think maybe more. I won't say more, but as impressive as what Zach Wilson was able to do against Hawaii. And and don't get me wrong, he was he was very impressive. I mean, that that dual threat mobility mm-hmm. is something that BYU hasn't seen in several years, really since the early days of Taysom Hill. Yeah, that's um, true. Probably, but more than that, BYU was able they were able to establish a solid run game without their leading running backs, Wally Canada, by the way. But Matt Hadley, Lopini Katoa, Riley Burt really got the run game going. In there, I think that was just as impressive as what Zach Wilson was able to do, and then defensively, being able to hold a a Hawaii offense that averaged thirty something points per game to twenty three, I mean, really uh, seventeen points before a, a late late score by John Ursua kind yes. of got them going. By the way, that was really cool seeing former Cedar High quarterback John Ursua yeah, kid score went in, to high score a touchdown in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, that was really neat. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, for the most part, this BYU defense held them to those 17 points, and then that late one by Ursua. Uh, I, I mean, I think that was just as impressive as what Zach Wilson did. And maybe a new quarterback gave everybody else a shot in the arm. Maybe it was coaching. Maybe it was them proving like like they had something to prove, like they needed to do something a little more. Maybe it was simply that Hawaii's defense is not great. I don't want to bag too much on college kids, but it's not great. It wasn't no. It, it, um, it was by far the one of the worst defenses BYU has faced so far this year. Yeah, That's it's certainly it's not a great defense. Uh, but BYU did what they had to do. They looked like a competent college football team, and I think that goes beyond even quarterback play. Yes, Zach Wilson was very good. Again, I don't want to. I don't want to completely demean him completely no, not but, denote no, that but but what they got from everybody else I think was just as impressive yeah and I uh, on Monday I kind of did a review after I re- re-watched the game on film the TV broadcast essentially of this game I came away with the same impression as you Sean I thought Zach Wilson looked great but the defensive effort, yeah, to hold Hawaii to three points in the first half, 23 points overall for a team that came in with a rep as an offensive juggernaut. And we all kind of knew that Hawaii's defense wasn't very good. But in my opinion, going into the game, I was worried Hawaii was going to come in and put up their average of 42 and BYU was going to be in trouble because they hadn't been able to put up that many points in a game to that point in the year. So I think you're right. The defensive effort, the blitz calls, the ability to get to the quarterback with four guys at times, just overall the scheme. Middle, middle linebacker Corbin Kafusi. Exactly, middle linebacker Corbin Kafusi spying on Cole McDonald. It was a fantastic defensive performance, and it has to go off to the defensive coaching staff at BYU and the players on that side of the ball. Yeah, three fumbles. One of them recovered. You got another interception. Um, on the year, you, <laughs> BYU held Hawaii to 18 first downs total, which 
it's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. Yeah. Four of those first downs came running the ball. They really shut down the run game, mm-hmm. made Hawaii very one-dimensional. Cole McDonald's a great quarterback. He's going to get his, but they really but this BYU defense really took away everything else and made them so reliant on that pass game that it, it almost didn't matter what Cole McDonald and John Arsua did. That's the truth. All right, Sean, we'll take a timeout here. We'll come back on the other side, talk a little bit more about BYU, kind of this midseason point. Also look ahead to the final five games of the season as well. That'll be coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Before we do that, I do need to tell you guys about today's sponsor of the show. It is All Guard Pest Control. They take care of any type of pest you have. Mice, spiders, Katie did's grasshoppers, uh, praying mantises, termites, whatever you got, they'll come out and take care of it. They have no contracts. They offer one-time visits. Or if you're like my wife, you like the peace of mind of having your home protected year-round, they'll come out quarterly for you as well. Just tell them what you need. They're here to help you out. I've met with Seth and his team. They're absolutely fantastic, and they're here to make sure you're taken care of. They use the safest products. It's safe enough for hospitals, so it's good to be used inside your home around your pets and kids. They also take care of your outdoor and indoors. They want to make sure it's a full coverage on your home. Give them a call, 801-851-1812. Seth and his team are here to help you guys out, servicing Utah County, Salt Lake County. They'll go up to Wasatch County and Davis County as well. Essentially, anywhere along the Wasatch Front you need help with your pest control, they will be there for you. Once again, All Guard Pest Control. Call them at 801-851-1812 and let them know that Locked On Cougars sent you. Back in a minute with more with Sean Walker right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked on Cougars. Also, if you're listening to this on the KSL Campus Report, a uh, mixture of two, maybe. two podcasts, maybe. maybe. See if Sean actually decides it's worth playing. And we'll his, see, if I, see if I remember the podcast, the uh, password to the podcast. Password to actually upload it. Well, or I'll, yeah. call, I'll just call my producer. <laughs> there you Get go. a hold of my intern. Nice. Well, yeah, this is the Locked on Cougars podcast. I'm Jay Catch, your host, covering BYU for you each and every day. Sitting in with me is a good friend of mine, covers the Cougars as well as anybody in this market. He is Sean Walker. Sean, we talked about in the first segment, there's some of the more specific parts about BYU up to this point in the year. Now we're going to kind of turn our attention towards the rest of the year and beyond. Five games left for the Cougars here. They get things started with a home game next week against Northern Illinois. They still have a game at Boise State and a game at Utah on the schedule, as well as a trip to UMass and a home date against New Mexico State. So I think most fans just sitting there off the top of their head are looking at saying three and two at minimum. What, what do you think? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably pretty fair. NIU is going to be a little bit tricky. I think they've got a very good defense, one of the better. We talked last segment about uh, how good this def- the this BYU defensive line has been, Corbin Kafusi and the like. NIU's got one of the more underrated defensive lines in the country, one of the better uh, sack leaders. Sutton um, Smith. In the country, yeah. You'll probably talk more about him next week, so we won't waste too much time on the Huskies. Uh, but So th- that might be a little bit tricky, but getting the bye week to rest up and maybe get a little bit of a jump start preparing for Northern Illinois is certainly advantageous for uh-huh. BYU. Yes, absolutely. We saw bye week, uh, an extra bye week come into effect with that Utah State-BYU game, so yes. there's no reason to think why this can't be the same way um, by any means. And then beyond that, I mean, I... I think it's fair to call for a split in the, those last four games of the season, at the very least, for sure. Well, yeah, and that that'll be interesting. If and if you can pick off a win over Boise State, or and most notably a win over Utah to end the seven-game losing streak that the Cougars are enduring right now at the hands of the Utes, I think BYU fans would be over the hill, one hundred percent, if they picked up wins over either of those teams. Uh, of course, we all know that if if, if BYU beats Utah, that one means more than Boise State does, absolutely. But Boise State's still a pretty big rival here. One of the lone teams that signed a long-term deal with BYU here in their independent era. 12-game schedule, and it's a regional setup. Right, and and that and that would be uh, the uh, the first time BYU's won at Boise exactly. State. And that's, There's been some that's close obviously calls. a huge deal. Yeah. yeah, Matt Payne missing that chip shot field goal way back in either 03 or 04. Yeah, the uh, Kyle Van Noy game his senior year. The 7-6 game. Yep. Yeah. it's So they've had some close calls, and they want to just kind of get over the hump there in Boise. But So, Sean, here's the question. So going forward, Zach Wilson looks like he is the starting quarterback. I would anticipate, I've said on the podcast the last couple of days, that based on Kalani Satake's comments post-game against Hawaii, Tanner Mangum will be the, be the backup for the time being. But he said Jaron Hall is pushing. So I could see a scenario where come the end of the season, the depth chart reads Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, Tanner Mangum in that order. I mean, it's certainly possible, and and when you're looking at it, you know, with with uh, with these five games left, when you're looking at this new redshirt rule where redshirt candidates can still play four games, mm-hmm. I think those last three to four games of the season are a great time to get Jaron Hall in and get him some seasoning, get him a little bit of, of experience so that he's ready going forward, but he can still use his redshirt year on the season because he's essentially, he went on a mission right out of high school, but he's essentially the same class as Zach Wilson. So giving them a little bit of that separation, I think would be nice from a quarterback staggering perspective Yes, for sure. Um, they've also got another really good quarterback in the pipeline in uh, Chandler Heist, Jacob Conover yes. coming down there. But if if you can kind of space out Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall a little bit, I think that would be ideal. So I don't know if I would necessarily would see Jaron play uh, this week against NIU or uh, or or the upcoming week against Boise State. I think there's one game in there that you kind of have to say, yeah, not necessarily. Let's hold off. Yes. Uh, but no, I think there you. are definitely four of these remaining five games where he's going to see some time. Yeah, get him some action, get him some reps. and see There's nothing you, to lose. Yeah, see, yes, exactly. You have nothing to lose because he doesn't lose anything. He doesn't lose that year of eligibility. You just you keep the designation on him and off your roll. And I'm with you. I don't think that this week against – well, it's not this week. Next week against NIU is the week that you do that because you're, it's Zach Wilson's second start. You're going to give him – Maybe. The entire – 
maybe okay fair enough Kalani Sadagi did say after the game the there is depression. still an active quarterback competition that's where he brought up Jaron Hall's name in yes. the first place but he did, he did say that there is still an active competition he wants his quarterbacks to have to compete for the job he wants every and position I, to compete yeah really yeah. he wants that out of everybody but particularly his quarterbacks and that's why I say you know Zach did perform very well he's he's the leader he's the front runner to be the starting quarterback I, I don't I don't want to pretend like I'm totally blind to that yeah but I do think it is it might be a, things might be a little bit more situational with okay. this quarterback I could see that yeah and that would be very interesting um the rest of the way, Sean, is there a position group that you want to see emerge? I know that a lot of people have been impressed with the wide receivers, especially in light of their good performance last week against Hawaii. Is there a position group you want to see through the rest of the season continue to progress? Or there's a position group, position group that you see that needs to prove something in the latter half of this schedule? We talked about them a little bit last segment, but a quarterback's best friend is his run game and the running backs. Mm-hmm. And part of the problems of the BYU offense during the last couple games, especially those back-to-back losses, uh, those uh, with uh, with Tanner Mangum as a starter. Part of the problem was just that BYU couldn't establish a run game. They couldn't get the push up front from the offensive line. They couldn't get the running backs weren't hitting the holes quite right. Mm-hmm. They weren't getting enough separation on the ground, and it was putting a lot of pressure on Tanner, who uh, he performed fine, but he. he he looked like he actively wasn't trying to go for broke and just like Cole McDonald, Hawaii's quarterback against BYU, you can only do so much if you don't have a run game. So they took an the running backs took a nice step forward in, in Zach Wilson's first start. I want to see a little bit more out of these guys. I want to see what Lopini Katoa can really do when you line him up between the tackles. I want to see what Matt Hadley can really do finally moving back. It looks like he's he's really moved back to running back and, and fully embraced it. And, and this, this is a guy who, he was a standout running back coming out of little old Canal High School uh, mm-hmm. in Washington. Uh, I think he should have been playing this position during his entire career. Maybe that's a little bit of a hot take, but but he's looking like a very good running back, so I want to see what more he can do. I want to see what Squally Canada can do when he gets healthy. Uh, uh, but then we saw a little bit of Riley Burt last week. You know, Is he back? Is he finally healthy? Can you get Aleva Heap a little bit more involved in the run game? So I think that running back core is, is really where BYU's, at least on offense, where, where the, the biggest step still remains. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, which back finally emerges as the lead dog? I would be, put my money on it being Lopini Katoa this time. But I'm with you. A guy like uh, Matt Hadley, if he gets moved back to running back, back to linebacker at this point, they're just they're just messing with him at this point because. Based on the limited evidence, and it is limited evidence, we've got one game really to go off of for him, but he looks like he should, was born to play the running back position, which you said he started at in high school, came to BYU, played safeties, played linebacker, he's played running back, he's played linebacker, he's been everywhere, but mm-hmm. it looks like his true home is at running back. Yeah, and, and if they need to kind of dual task him a little bit because linebacker is really thin, especially yes, with the loss of Zane is. Anderson, yeah. I think that's fine. Um, but, you know, maybe Hadley's the third string flash linebacker, but he's the second string running back. Yeah, no, I, can I mean, see that's that. fine. He's, yeah. he's got a little bit of Harvey Longy in him. He could do that. Well, yeah, you even go back to um, who was I just thinking of? Running back from Hawaii, played at Timview High School. 
Michael Elisa also pl- was a running back r- linebacker during his time at BYU also, as well. Also, Michael Elisa, very high on Matt Hadley as a running back. He is. I know that. All right, um, Sean, last thing before we let you go, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to come in and knock this out with me, but want to get to some midseason awards. I know we're a game past midseason, but it's the bye week. It's where it fell. So, in your opinion, Sean, who is the MVP of this team right now? We'll start off with the big award. We're gonna go, we're gonna go in reverse order. Oh, reverse order. See. All right, team MVP. Um, I mean, the easy answer right here would be Zach Wilson because of the spark that he brought to this team in that Hawaii win. Really re-energized them. I don't think he has enough of a sample size to be the team MVP, so I'm going to make Big Mike Wilson happy by not naming him <laughs> BYU midseason MVP. Okay. Shout out to you, Mike. Um, uh, but, uh, it, it, you know, I mean, I think Lopini Katoa has been really solid. I think Squally Canada has certainly had his moments there. Um, I am going to go with an offensive guy, though. Okay. I'm going to go with Aleva Hifo. Hey, I like uh, that. Aleva Hifo has been electric every time he touches the ball. It doesn't always wind up great. Mm-hmm. Teams are starting to key in on him a little bit, especially in the jet sweep action. But the way he can run that jet sweep... Um, so he's a wide receiver that comes out of the backfield. He's also got really good hands. He's BYU's a leading receiver right now with uh, 225 total yards and a touchdown. He's also one of three players to have thrown a touchdown pass for BYU. Um, True. He's, I mean, he's quick. He's electric. He's exciting to watch. Um, and he's still an underclassman. So I, I think this is a guy that BYU can really build around for not just for this year, but for the next couple of years. No, I'm with you. I think that's a good pick. Um, my pick was actually going to be Sione Takitaki, which is Alevahiko's pseudo brother. Yeah, his cousin. Grew up with him. They lived in the same home for, for quite a while while Sione was in high school. I uh, feel can like- we can we plug Brandon Gurney from the Deseret News last week? Great story on that connection yes. between Alevi Hifo and Sione Takitaki. Go to desnews.com and read it. I absolutely, that's something that needs to be, that co- column or article needs to be read more more readily than it might have been already. So check that out. All right, Sean, a um, couple other awards here. Who would be your most improved player on BYU at this point? Uh, I'd probably go with Lopini Katoa, a guy who came in, redshirt freshman. He had calls for him to play last year as a true freshman after coming off of his mission, having signed with Oregon State. Um, he kind of ran the scout team at, at running back, and he had a lot of guys who said, hey, this kid needs to play. He needs to get on the field. Uh, I, Fred Warner is one of them that, that came to mind who really wanted to see Lopini Katoa play last year. Yes, He stayed the course. He didn't. He got his, legs, his mission legs back under him. He absolutely starred on the scout team by all reports we're not allowed to watch the scout team much but but he absolutely started on scout team from everything i've heard and he's really taking advantage of his reps he's currently the number two running back on the team 269 yards four touchdowns um there's a chance he may overtake squally canada by the end of the year squally's got a few more yards one more touchdown but if this uh, little ankle injury and concussion symptoms keep wearing on lopini could be the lead back not just by the end of the season but within the next game or two absolutely i'm with you on that my pick for most improved is actually going to corbin kafusi corbin was good last year don't get me wrong i thought he was very solid i think he put up six sacks a year ago but what he has done this year he has th- shown versatility that you wouldn't have ever thought possible last year they've lined him up at linebacker at points this season he has played that spy position very well most notably against arizona and then against the hawaii a week ago 
He's on track right now, Sean. If he continues to produce, he could have a double-digit sack season, and I think he is actually firmly on NFL radars at this point, more so than he ever has been in his career. Uh, yeah, and and just his versatility. I mean, watching Corbin Kafusi in coverage, I remember watching him in the, that first game at Arizona drop back into coverage to try to defend Khalil Tate, and I was thinking, okay, this is a little bit weird. <laughs> But yeah, he, he kind of looks like a six seven, like a like a six eight defensive back out there at times. Just the way he's able to to really get his hands in, into the face of like a slot receiver or or just spy quarterbacks out there. I mean, for a defensive lineman to drop into coverage the way he does and still be able to come off the edge, play middle linebacker, and just light up Cole McDonald on a blitz um, for a quarterback hurry, I guess it was, but but just coming up the middle I mean he's really showing himself to be so multifaceted and multi-talented that that there's there's another element to his game that I think NFL scouts are really gonna like absolutely all right Sean and then finally um I don't I don't want to say coach of the year but uh I guess should we go with coach of the year Uh, or most influential individual on this team so far this year what, what, what do you think? What, what should we call this? I don't, I'm not sure how. Co- coach or front office of the year? Is there a front office in college football? Uh, that we, personnel? Personnel okay. staff? Well, let's just Is that what the, they call most, them? Most influential individual on this team to this point in the season. So non, non-player? You know, to be, it could be a player if you want it to be. but uh, So, yeah, whatever. Most influential individual in the BYU football program to this point. That work? <laughs> That's a really long award there. I know. Sorry. We're going to have to shorten that one for the we'll plaque. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll have to shorten that one for the plaque. But I think I see the spirit of your award here. Um, and I think there's, in, in my opinion, there's really only one candidate for that award, and that's Jeff Grimes. Okay. Taking over first-year offensive coordinator, first-time offensive coordinator. He's really come in and left his mark on this program already just in seven games. Uh, even, even in the losses, he's completely mm-hmm. turned this offense around and really made BYU not great. They still have a ways to go offensively, but they are so far ahead of where they were last year um, that that the turnaround, I, the turnaround is really nothing short of remarkable. Um, and really, in a lot of ways, he probably saves some jobs with what he's done. Oh on, no, with this offense, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I I agree with you. I couldn't really pick anybody outside of Jeff Grimes. An assist does need to go to the assistants he brought in with him. Aaron Roderick, Fessy Satake, Ryan Pugh. Steve Clark was a holdover from the old staff, but he's fit in seamlessly with this with this group. Um, AJ, AJ, is it AJ? A- AJ Stewart. AJ Stewart, yeah. Running backs so I, coach? I was, I was, I was going to go with AJ Stewart as my yeah. kind of honorable mention there. Yeah, but I think all of his assistants deserve an assist, but the man that gets the award would be Jeff Grimes. I'm with you. I don't, I don't think there's any argument there. All right, Sean, uh, we've run long here so appreciate you coming in it's been a blast having you on the podcast we'll have to do it again soon all right uh hey whenever you call me i'll be there okay i appreciate that all right that's sean walker uh before we go though i do need to talk to you about one of today's sponsors and that is sling tv sean are you a cord cutter by chance i am a proud cord 
user. Cord I'm a cable user. user. You're a cable user. Well, I'm, I'm a, a cord guy. cutter. I, I did cut the cord. Sling TV is here for BYU fans that want to catch their team and not have to deal with all the extra channels that you pay for but don't want. $30 a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC, and more. You can stream them all on your live all you can stream them all live on your big screen and also across all of your favorite devices. It gives you the TV you love only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. It's all up front and you can cancel at any time for any reason. Locked on listeners can get a special trial to try it out, see if it's right for you. Sign up for Sling TV and get that seven day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S L I N G dot com slash locked on. Once again, Sling TV, here to help you out, catch all of the cougar action that you can handle. Go to sling.com slash locked on. All right, final segment next, talking about some upgrades to the Marriott Center. This is Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily source for all things BYU. Going to be a short segment here as we wrap up, wrap up the show because we did go along with Sean Walker. We do appreciate him taking the time to come in. It was a blast to catch up with him. We'll have him on the show again soon. A reminder that coming up on Friday, we are going to be joined by Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider. He is a recruiting guru covering all things BYU recruiting on the 24-7 Sports Network. That'll be Friday. Tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about some comments that Jeff Grimes made on the Zone Sports Network with DJ and PK in the morning. The station that I work for had some good comments about the quarterback transition. We'll talk about those tomorrow to kind of tease for what's ahead on the show this week with a bye week on tap for BYU. But one thing that is actually happening this week, we talked about it earlier, is the Cougar tip-off, which is this, which happens this Friday at the Marriott Center. BYU fans' first chance to see the men's basketball team in action. They did announce a bunch of new upgrades to the Marriott Center for the upcoming season, one of which is the Wi-Fi. A lot of BYU fans that are listening to this, if you've been out to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, you can notice that the Wi-Fi connection in the stadium has been upgraded. They did a similar system upgrade to the Marriott Center. It was the result of a generous contribution by the J. Willard and Alice S. Marriott Foundation in the name of late LDS Church President Thomas S. Monson. Cool to see that um, be given to the school in the name of President Monson. But check it out. They also have upgraded the Game Day app, which goes in line with that Wi-Fi uh, connect- connection. You can get the live updates, video highlights, real-time statistics, all the stuff you've seen in action with BYU football so far this year will also be available at the Marriott Center. If you already have the app, it apparently will just be a simple update to your existing app. You don't have to re-download it, so check that out. 
And then a couple other things here is that BYU has also implemented the clear bag policy that is also in effect at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So if you get to a BYU basketball game and claim, I didn't know that's what they wanted to do. Well, now you know. If you're listening to the podcast, you should be aware and you don't have to worry about that. If you want details on the clear bag policy, go to BYUcougars.com. They've got it right there for you. So there you go. I Catching up on some of the upgrades to the Marriott Center. Should be a fun basketball season season ahead excited to see Dave Rose's team in action we've talked about it this is a team that's not very big in terms of size but it looks like they can play a little bit and they'll be able to play small and or big if they need to We'll keep you updated on that as the Cougar tip-off gets closer as well as the season. We'll be covering it for you right here on Locked on Cougars. Before we go, we do need to tell you about Vivid Seats. They are an online ticket marketplace that's dedicated to providing fans with live entertainment options and experiences that will last you a lifetime. Listeners can catch their favorite teams, artists, and the best theater performances in person with Vivid Seats. They're here to help you get to those live events with great prices and an easy purchasing experience if you use the podcast code locked on listeners can receive $20 off their order of $200 or more if you are a first-time customer of vivid seats that's 10% off what I need you to do is go to the app store or google play download the vivid seats app enter your promo code locked on receive that $20 off your order of $200 or more as a new customer of vivid seats of course all vivid seats confirmed orders are backed up by a 100% guarantee check it out guys save 10% on your next outing and you can do that with vivid seats using the promo code locked on thanks again for tuning into the show this has been locked on cougars for october 17th 2018